life to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking to them about the kingdom of God. You ever wonder what Jesus did after he rose from the dead? He was talking about the kingdom of God. He was instructing uh, his disciples about this exciting movement to be unleashed by his resurrection. And while staying, verse 4, with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. And why? They were to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. They're waiting for the Spirit of God to come into their midst, to arrive like he's never arrived before. And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you, again, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things... As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? I feel like that's a stupid question, personally. It's like, you're just saying, the, the dude just like, went away. They're just like... I said, why are you looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Man. And here we have the beginnings of the church, the beginnings of the people formed and created by the Spirit, of people filled by the Spirit and who have the opportunity to join this beautiful movement of the Spirit in the world. And the good news in our world, the good news for right now and for always, is that the Spirit of God is on the move. And He's leading us into a revolution of intimate relationship with one another that transgresses border and boundary. The Spirit of God is on the move, and He's on the move, bringing about a revolution of intimate relationship that breaks down the barriers and the borders and the boundaries that we erect in our lives and in our relationships. The barriers between gender, the barriers between ages, the, the barriers between um, young and old and black and white and brown, the barriers that we erect between nation states, the barriers that we erect between people that have and that have not. God is on the move. And it's a relationship of intimate shared life that is creating a new humanity, a new people that will live in shalom, that will live in wellness and wholeness. That's what God is doing. If you look around just for a moment 
and you see he's doing it. He's doing it. There's young and there's old. There's there's men. There's women. There's there's black, brown, and white. We we we. What's happening? Now we're far away from it. All right. The kingdom of God is on the move. The spirit is on the move. He is doing it. And Acts, the book of Acts, is all about a new world in which the Spirit is on the move through the followers of Jesus. And if the people of God, if you and if me, will just follow the Spirit, if we'll cooperate and participate and partner with His movement in the world, new creation will spring up. Shalom will take root. The kingdom of God that we just sang about and asked for will arrive. He invites us to participate in this move of the Spirit. I love hanging out at Malik's. Not always, but most of the time. Sometimes crazy stuff happens. But sometimes good crazy stuff happens. And one day I'm reminded, um, just, you know, he, he is engaging with all kinds of different people all day, every day, every moment. And if you're there, we, he and I get together and pray on Wednesday mornings. And often he just, he's really invitational. He invites people, whoever's around, whoever's going through his stuff. He's like, hey man, we're going to pray. You want to come? And so sometimes this creates this beautiful, um, sacred moment where people who would not otherwise be together are together. And, and stuff like this happened several times, but I'm thinking of one time in particular where this, this uh, Latino man... This Native American man, and there's Malik, and there's me. And he's like, let's pray. And he's like, let's, let's, let's hold hands. Like, all right, hold hands. It's awkward. All right, we're praying. And the first guy prayed in Spanish. It's beautiful. And the second guy prayed in Diné. And then Malik prayed. And then I prayed. And I was crying. In that moment, there was a sacred space. There was a move of the Spirit that he was bringing together an intimate relationship between people and breaking down borders and and boundaries. Um, And this is what God is always at work doing if we're paying attention. And this is what always he's inviting us into if we'll just respond to his movement. And so the book of Acts is about the willingness of God to invade our every day and our every moment, inviting us into a new future where new creation is made possible. And this is made possible by the resurrection of Jesus. See, Something happened with the resurrection of Jesus. Something changed. It wasn't just, it didn't just happen in your heart. It was unleashed in the world. The world fundamentally changed. The chains that we just sing about of sin and death were broken. Something was released. In the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, what wardrobe? What's it called? Lion, witch, and the wardrobe. Yeah, and they go through the wardrobe. Yes, so they go through the wardrobe. And what's true of that land? They discover it's always winter and never spring, right? Never Christmas. Never Christmas. Never summer. Never summer? Never spring? Never Christmas? Whatever. I remember the cartoon version, and it was 
it's always frozen and, and, and uh, cold and snowy, right? And it's been that way a long time. And the queen, who's it, what's her name? Jadis. Jadis, thank you, people. Jadis, why is it this way? Because Jadis is over this land. She, the land is in the grip of her power. Until things start to warm up, the ice begins to break. They begin to see little sprigs of grass spring up. And it's because Aslan has arrived. Aslan, the Christ figure, is on the move. And spring begins to arrive. And that's what has happened with Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. And we just read his ascension. Something fundamentally shifted. The grip of sin, death, of Satan on the world has been jarred loose. And new creation can break in. And we, as his people, think of yourselves as four little kids going through a wardrobe, trying to cooperate with Aslan to bring about healing, to turn people of stone into people of flesh. Got that part, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, perfect. All right. So, the Spirit is on the move, leading us into a revolution of the intimate, a shared life, breaking border and boundary. And the question of Acts is, and the question that we always must uh, read Acts with, is will we join the Spirit as he interrupts our lives and invites us into a new world and into a better way where life is shared across border and boundary. Will we join the Spirit as he interrupts our life? It's really inconvenient for the Spirit to interrupt our life, isn't it? I mean, it happens. It's really inconvenient. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it, it brings us into places and situations that are painful, that are scary, that bring us to the edge of our capacity and our competency and our skill and our training. In fact, most often it does. That's why we don't do it. That's why we turn our brains off to it. That's why we uh, fill our minds with other things uh, rather than being attentive to the Spirit and asking the simple question, what are you up to? What are you up to today? What are you up to in this relationship? This person's being a jerk to me. God, what are you doing? How are you on the move to break down border and boundary? How are you on the move in this intimate revolution of relationship? So that's the question of Acts. Will we respond to the Spirit's move to bring us into relationship across border and boundary? And then I just want us to keep in mind you're going to forget this unless you write it down. But we'll try to repeat it over and over and over again. There's three dynamics at play in the book of Acts. Three dynamics that um, are at work as people try to respond and move with the Spirit. And Blog, do you mind hitting the slide thing there? So it's not distracting. Fancy graphic. Gotta have the fancy graphic. <laughs> Three dynamics, empire, can everyone say empire? empire? Diaspora, can you say that big word, diaspora? Diaspora. And then the activity of the spirit in both. <laughs> exactly. Empire, the first dynamic of uh, acts at, that's at work is empire. Empire 
is in this case Roman Empire. It's the it's the the Roman Empire uh, is taking over the world and has taken over the world for some time at this point. And empire is a theme throughout history. There's the Babylonian Empire. There's the Egyptian Empire. There's the Roman Empire. Now we have really America is kind of an empire. There's other empires. And, and empires seek to, to impose and expand their vision of the good life onto the world. They have a vision for what is good and right and true for the world, and so they want to see that take root everywhere. And so empire is often a monster, right? Um, empire uh, wants people to assimilate to its way of life. Empire wants you to get with their program of expansion. And they're fine with you. They're fine with diversity of thought and of religion and belief as long as it doesn't come into conflict with the empire's agenda. As long as the God that you worship allows you to obey the emperor, you're good. But as soon as the God that you worship asks you to di diverge from the goals and objectives of the empire, you're in trouble. And this is what's happening in the early church. This is what's happening as um, Israel takes root uh, and, and starts to wrestle with this Messiah, Jesus, who says he is Lord. You know Caesar was called Lord? Did you know Caesar was called the Prince of Peace? Did you know Caesar spread the gospel? It was the gospel of Rome. Every time he would uh, win a victory, they would go and spread this gospel, the good news of the peace that Rome was bringing to the world. These terms that are titles for Jesus don't occur in a vacuum. Jesus is actually making a statement. He's saying, Caesar says he's Lord. No, Jesus is Lord. Caesar says the Roman Empire brings the good news of peace to the world, the Pax Romana. No, I'm the Prince of Peace. I come with the gospel, the good news, and it's of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Rome. And so immediately there is a conflict with empire and with church, with followers of Jesus. Now we've lost sight of this because in America especially, we're like, oh, America is the Christian empire, and so as long, we're just... As long as we're Americans, we're Christian. We, empire, empire has no conflict for us. But I think it actually should. And we'll talk more about that. But not now. <laughs> diaspora. Say that word again, diaspora. diaspora. Yeah, that's a weird word. Debated whether using it, but it's the word. Diaspora. It really means to be scattered. To be in exile. To be on the margins. To be least and last and left out, to be left behind, to be displaced. To be in diaspora is to be in a place that is not your home. Even though it might, your house might be there, you're not at home. You're outside of your culture. You're outside of the systems that make sense to you. Maybe you're in a place that speaks a different language, has different cultural uh, traditions and norms. This is diaspora. And the Jewish people are a people of diaspora. They have been displaced. And 
They are on the margins of Roman culture and society. They're on the margins of empire. And to be in diaspora is always to have to prove your worth and your value and your productivity to empire. You have to be able to prove that you are productive and that you are a good citizen and that you are a productive citizen and that you play by the rules. You're always in danger of being demonized. You're always in danger of becoming the scapegoat. You're taking our jobs. You are a cause of crime. There's not enough because you're here. And so they become the they of the us versus them. That is diaspora, and this is a dynamic empire and diaspora, diaspora within empire. There's that work in Acts, and this is um, where the Spirit is at move. The third dynamic is the activity of the Spirit in amidst the people of diaspora and amidst the people in empire. The Spirit of God is at work moving Jew and Gentile, slave and free, men and women, young and old, into a new life together. He's leading people. He's leading people. And so the people of Acts and we ourselves are desperate for the Spirit because it is a fearful thing to be in conflict with empire. And it is a fearful thing and a dangerous thing to be a people on the margins whose identity is threatened. And the Spirit is always confronting our fear. And He's freeing us to live at home with God, no matter where we are. And so the context of Acts is one of struggle. And I'm going to finish here. The context of Acts is one of struggle. It's a struggle in two senses. First, it's a struggle against the powers and the principalities that want to exploit our fears, whether we are in diaspora or whether we are on empire. The, what happens is that when you are on the margins, a, a minority people in a minority position, you are tempted to protect yourselves, to isolate and to even kill, steal, destroy for the sake of securing your future and your people's future. Empire tempts you to do the same. They say, if you will join us, if you will join us in our violence, if you will join us in our expansion, if you will in, in joy, uh, join us in destroying the world and spreading this good news of empire, then you will secure your place here. And so the Spirit is constantly empowering us to resist the impulse to live out of fear in both of these places. And so, the Spirit of God is at work and on the move just like He was then. And these dynamics are at play just like they were then. And we're going to unpack these more and more. The big takeaway here is that and the question of this week is, will I respond to the move of the Spirit in the daily interruptions of my life? The Spirit's going to interrupt you as you do laundry. The Spirit's going to interrupt you as you are taking care of your children. The Spirit is going to interrupt you as you're having a difficult conversation at work. 
or you're having a fight with your wife or your husband, will you pay attention? Will you move the spirit? I'm going to stop there. Lord, Holy Spirit, we began this uh, time together acknowledging your presence with us. And we want to remind ourselves and one another that you are present still and you are on the move. Leading us into a revolution of intimate relationship that breaks border and boundary. I just wonder, let's just take, we have a little bit of time and I want to just invite you as the music plays to search your heart, uh, allow God, the Spirit, to maybe show you what borders and boundaries remain intact in your life. Who do you fear? What kind of person do you fear? Is there anyone in your life that you are not in good standing with, that you need to extend forgiveness to, or that you uh, need to receive forgiveness from? in your life that God's inviting you if, you if you stop and think about it and pay attention maybe he's been on the move to bring you together maybe there's a person you see at a gas station regularly or there's a distant cousin that's been on your mind or there's people at the park hungry and